been too long since I've watched, you know, lots of Top Gear. Yeah. <laughs> or just any English show. Yeah, I fell off Doctor Who pretty hard. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I still, I don't dislike it, but, you know, just sort of, I'm good for now is where I landed. Yeah, it's one of those weird things where I feel like even though the show has often not been great, you know, back into the old classic days, there's never been a badly cast doctor in my experience. No, yeah, no, I think they've always had it right. Well, the the beauty of the show is that each actor who plays the doctor brings their own mm-hmm. their own style of acting forwards. Yeah, and it's the, the more perfect form across. of James Bond. It's it, absolutely and and it's it's genius. The the way Doctor Who works is absolute genius because it you cannot you end up with this situation where you you almost can't go wrong because mm. whoever is cast to play the Doctor that def- that actor will define that Doctor. So it works and clearly has worked for what fifty years. So uh, <laughs> when did you start watching and like with whom? Oh wow. Okay. I I actually. I actually grew up with Doctor Who. My dad sure. introduced me to the old. Um, oh, okay. I used to watch the John Baker Doctor, and also um, what's his name? Is it this uh, John Pertwee? That's it. I used to watch a lot of the John Pertwee mm. Doctor, and that's like proper classic. Yeah. Who right there? Yeah, three's a lot um, of fun. I haven't. I sort of avoided his era for a while because he seemed a little prim and proper, but now he's really snarky. Yeah, and that, there's a charm. There's a real charm to all of the older Doctor Who episodes. And I'll, I will say I haven't actually watched all of them. I there's a hell of a lot there to watch. And a lot um, of it you but, can't because it was lost to time. Yes, <laughs> that's true. Yeah, literally taped over by the BBC. That's just That story still blows my mind. Yeah, no one but, saw reruns um, coming. No, exactly. But yeah, and then I remember the day that the BBC announced that there were rebooting Doctor Who back in whenever it was 2005 mm-hmm. and oh my god I was so excited and just this this thing that I grew up with was about to be you know this new thing new updated thing that people could watch and there'd be new episodes that would come out and I remember at the time no one knew if this was going to be a one-off or yeah. if it was going to continue if this was actually going to properly reboot the whole series and it oh, well here we are it absolutely did yep and i, I wonder if like, the bbc even threw their hat too far into the ring because what with uh, yeah what with the eighth doctor fiasco they probably were a little more trepidatious yeah even the bbc probably didn't even anticipate just how successful the reboot would be mm-hmm. so did the eccleson doctor live up to your expectation at the time yes i enjoyed eccleson's doctor and i still do I think he was he was very much I mean going back to what we said earlier about perfect casting I feel like he, his doctor was if there is anywhere that you could get the casting wrong it's it's rebooting Doctor Who you kind of need someone who is not too out there and I feel like Eccleston's doctor is that perfect amount of zaniness mm. whilst being grounded he was the perfect doctor for the reboot I think yeah, I, I think the most jarring thing looking back, like, because the, the way that he stands out among everyone is the outfit. Because, like, yes. he doesn't have a collared shirt or anything. No, nope. it's, nope. it's sure. just a black leather jacket, and, uh, yeah. But it worked, you know? It worked. I, I When I go back and watch those episodes from um, his uh, his season, I, I just... it It's amazing 
to look at how much less of a budget they had. And obviously, we can't compare to old Doctor Who, where no. they they literally had like polystyrene sets mm. and this you know four sets. paper. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> that would be shaking, and you, like you would notice in the background, where it would be rocking back and forth. But yeah, no, be very careful um, in the combat scenes not to knock over the wall. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but no, you could see that the budget has has really blown up since then. And for better or for worse, you could potentially argue that. But one thing I I always notice with the with the Eccleston's season series, however you want to describe it, is there's so much bloom and glow in the way everything is shot. Yeah, that's true. Like everything that is bright in the scene, all the the lights or you know daylight, kind of has this weird smeary bloom effect on mm. the shot. And I don't know if it was maybe who was in charge of cinematography for that series, but that seemed to be a look that they were going for and rolled with. But that very much defines... That's one of the things I, I think about when I think of that uh, era of Doctor Who. Yeah. Now, in terms of sort of the special effects quality in the Eccleston season versus you know what came after, I've always wondered how much of that was... Russell T. Davies, you know, who was running the show at the time, uh, trying to sort of connect it in terms of feel and sort of ethos to old Who instead of updating every single part of it so it was no longer recognizable. Because hmm. there definitely felt like yeah, there was no, a that's... big shift uh, from even the Tenant era into the you know Matt Smith, Stephen Moffat run yeah, era I, oh, in terms of that. I remember... I yeah, very much remember the shift that happened there. I think I I personally wouldn't be surprised if that was at least on Russell T Davis's mind, probably most likely out of necessity because sure. of the lack of budget. They, he probably it was more of a means to an end, I guess. Let's let's work with the budget we've got and make it somewhat reminiscent of old Doctor Who, more out of necessity than anything, but hey, it worked. Yeah, I think it I worked very well. Um, I'll give you the choice of question here. Would you rather answer which doctor you would most want to travel with, or if you were the doctor, which companion you would most want to travel with? Or you can do both. Oh, boy. Okay, I'll do both. <laughs> <laughs> I think if I were to choose which doctor I would travel with, it would have to be David Tennant's doctor. Perfectly I mean, reasonable oh. choice. So much fun being I able to look at him that much. Also, uh, yeah, just a treat. <laughs> yep. I mean, he, he's just—he's just such a joy, you know. So much energy, just a lot of fun. Before things got kind of depressing, shall we say? <laughs> and then to answer your other question, oh, that's a harder one. That's a, that's tough. There's a lot more choices. There's definitely a lot more. But working off of new Doctor Who in terms of the choices that I've got, I would probably go with... You know what? I'll just go with Amy Pond. That's fair. That's perfectly fair. Yeah. Maybe Clara. I was going to say maybe Clara, but maybe. Yeah. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, another character who kind of depends on the season she's in, but still a good character. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Part of me wants to say Captain Jack, but the introvert in me would get very tired of Ooh. that very quickly. <laughs> Oh, you know what? Yeah, mm, you make a very good point there. Um, I agree with everything that you've just said. 
I think Captain Jack would be a hell of a lot of fun, but oh boy, I think he would get annoying after a while. Just tiring. Like I would need a nap. I think you would struggle after a while <laughs> to keep up with his with his energy. Mm-hmm. I don't know if the immortality made that worse or what. <laughs> That's true. Jeez. Yeah. Um, Did you Torchwood? Oh, I loved Torchwood. Mm. I, the the biggest tragedy of TV in the past ten years is the fact that it's not going, and they <laughs> took it off the air. Oh, I remember, like when they finished off with the um, the special thing that they did, Children of Earth. Um, yeah. yeah. Oh man, that was I the first that. thing I, I ever saw. <laughs> no way, really. It was the first one I saw because they were airing it on BBC America for whatever reason. And oh, man, wow. that was good. Okay. I wouldn't recommend starting with that. No, but... I didn't know at the time. Because <laughs> right. um, it builds up on a lot of what has been already set in terms of, you know, law-wise. And who but, dies. Um, but yeah, yeah I, but I love it. Oh, I, I absolutely love Torchwood. I, I pray for its return, but mm. I feel like that's never going to happen. Mm. That's just not happening. Because that's very much Russell T. Davis is like, that was his baby. Yeah. Yeah, um, it's pretty crazy to think about how much he accomplished in bringing back Doctor Who very successfully after previous failed attempts yeah. and pairing yeah. that within a couple of years with a kid's show in Sarah Jane Adventures yes. and, and the adult yeah. show in Torchwood. It's a yeah, lot. Yeah, exactly, yeah. Man, yeah, yeah, and he, that's that's a really good point. He ha he really had a lot of creative freedom to go to town. Boy, did it pay off. Mm. And some people put down Russell T. Davis's uh, approach and his writing and say that, oh, it's, it's a bit weak and it's, yeah, it helped bring the show back, but, you know, Moffat's done a better job in writing. I don't know. I don't, I don't necessarily agree with everything. That, I think they have I don't different agree strengths. With all of that. They, exactly, yeah. They've got very different approaches yeah. and different strengths. Briefly before we move on, uh, I, do, I have a weird relationship with how I entered Doctor Who. Is like I, f okay. d depending on how into Doctor Who someone is, I tell them two one of two different things that are both true of kind of my first experience. Hmm. Uh, the the, the first first experience when I didn't know what it was and I was very small. Well, not very small, eleven because it was two thousand five. Uh, small enough. My family, yeah, my family had been watching Stargate. You know when it was coming out new on the Sci Fi Channel. Hmm. And, you know, they'd all fallen asleep at the end of Stargate, and the next show came on, which was Doctor Who. And I was perplexed at this show that looked so different, and there were these farting aliens. What is going <laughs> oh, on? <yeah. laughs> the Slitheens. Yep. Oh, let's not forget the Slitheens. And, and then I remember, you know, I don't know if I sat there and watched the whole thing or what, but I distinctly remember the being around for the, the next time on and seeing my first glimpse of a Dalek at, like, age 11. That's, I remember when I first saw a Dalek, and I was very small. I'm, I must have been like eight or nine, but it it certainly strikes an an image in your head mm -hmm. at that age. <laughs> but then fast forward several years to my sister coming home from college, having uh, started Doctor Who without us because college friends, and putting on mm -hmm. the like week long marathon of Tenant that led up to mm. the American premiere of End of Time. So I was just right. thrown into the deep end, and my first actual episode was Human Nature, of all things. Right, okay. Which is a good one. Jesus, so you were, yeah, you were thrusted right in then. You had you had a little bit of a, a taster, mm -hmm. and then suddenly you were thrown in. <laughs> yep, and then uh, I waited with bated breath for the premiere of Matt Smith's Doctor the following year. Yeah, you had a very different introduction to Doctor Who. Yep. 
very different. And I had to, you know, sate myself with what few Classic Who episodes used to be on Netflix. Mm. I feel like we do have to move on from Doctor Who at some point, much as it pains Yeah, it's, uh, it, we're talking about Doctor Who for about 20 minutes now. Yeah, we'll let it down, it's fine. <laughs>